Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan. Uh, where I bring you the Crypto Corner, where I interview founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, executives, artists, you name it, in crypto and blockchain. And today I have a, actually I have a repeat guest for the first time. Um, and this, is gonna, this is gonna be awesome. His name is David Schwartz. He is the uh, founder of GetHedge and the uh, blockchain, uh, well, actually the, the coordinator, director of the Litecoin Foundation. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamil. I appreciate it. Glad to be back. Glad to be the first one to be back. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 preface that too. A lot of people want to come back on the second show. I'm like, well, you gotta wait a year, but like, you know what? I've had 20 Bitcoiners on this year and I've only had one Litecoiner, and that's you. And hey, there you go. <laughs> we're gonna get a Litecoin update because it's important. <laughs> um so let me ask you first. Um, how's how are things going with Get Hedge, your company? And then we'll talk about Litecoin. Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited. Get Hedge is now live in the United States. So we've been live for a couple of weeks and we started taking on um, new users after doing a bit of a pilot, you know, private pilot time, which worked out really good. So um, it's been it's been going really well. We've we've uh, we've gotten to the point where it's it's um, uh, agnostic too, right? So it's not just our our own product that we're able to offer we're actually able to do it like as a white label for any wallet or um, exchange or app that has crypto involved and we already have uh, a pretty good amount of um, interested parties who are either in the process of integrating it in some capacity or uh, we're in the talks with them to do it so it's been going really good and our back-end partners are great um, we have some really cool partners that are are strong in their respective areas and uh, they're going to be bringing in volume too so 2022 is looking pretty good remind our listeners again what what exactly get hedge is and what you guys do yeah so get hedge is a uh, a payroll conversion product right so like um uh, many times we we're having problems with banks and and cards and you know card issuers or whoever that basically they'll they'll block you know people converting um money from their accounts or their cards over to uh crypto right for whatever reason they use um what we do is we ended up creating a very seamless uh streamlined process that takes out the exchange process it takes out the having to go to your bank account and then maybe explain to your bank why you're having some of this money uh sent over to a coinbase or wherever else right um it's getting caught from the point that you get paid uh you basically register with gethedge.io we create a subledger account bank account for you to receive whatever amount of money that you want converted into crypto so we end up receiving it um, it then gets converted into bitcoin litecoin or ethereum or any combination of those that you want um, and then you can either keep it in the hedge uh, platform or you can send it out to external wallets that you already own like if you want to earn interest on celsius or whatever else you can send it 
like if you have some pay converted into Bitcoin and then you want to send it to Celsius, uh, you could just add that wallet address into your allocation and um, it'll send it over there after it gets converted from pay. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. awesome. So um, with, with, with you building out GetHedge, how has your role uh, with Litecoin Foundation changed or altered? And what am I going to be able to see uh, everybody at the next uh, at the next uh, Litecoin summit? <laughs> next summit. <laughs> um so there was a time period where my my director role was minimized a little bit trying to get this product out because you know once again i'm a huge supporter of bitcoin um but at the same time i am also a large supporter of of litecoin and i do feel like there are certain times when it gets squeezed out of things that it should possibly be in as well and so one of those was like this payroll thing there's other companies out there that do this but they really only concentrate on bitcoin um, so I wanted to make sure there was an option out there for people if they want to try and convert some of their pay into Litecoin too, because even if you didn't keep it in the wallet, you send it somewhere else, it's still cheaper to transfer than Bitcoin. So you can do whatever you want with it after you've sent it out. But, um, you know, there should be options available for people to do it in other cryptos beyond just Bitcoin. And that was one of the reasons why we did it. So um, once that got completed and now we're up and running, uh, really, it just becomes sort of like a um, an attention thing where we have to start marketing and and do other stuff. And so the development part has slowed down some. Right. Uh, although we have people that are starting to integrate it into their apps and wallets, that takes up some time, too. But um, now i can concentrate again on more of the you know the project director type of stuff for the foundation um and so that that will pick up the start of the year and they they actually they're going to be changing my title to um i think it was director of strategic partnerships or something like that because it seems like um that's really more been the focus for me the last year or so in the role and so um yeah, I mean, duties basically don't change. The title is going to fit the duties more now than anything else. So um, I'm looking forward to 2022. There's some fun stuff going on. I, I know because when when you go on CNBC, you see the tickers. You see Bitcoin, you see Ethereum, you see Litecoin. Mm -hmm. You know, Litecoin's a currency, and, and it's a lot of activity. And I want to find out what what that activity looks like. You know, um, as far as you know, number of users, transactions, hash rate, price, all that. How are we doing with Litecoin um, and what's driving that growth? I think there's a lot of things driving that growth. There's um, many of the things that, that we we all know about, right? So when it gets added to Venmo and PayPal and, um, you know, now it got added, it got added to BitPay, BreadWallet, um, uh, Blockchain.com. So some of those legacy um crypto wallets and uh, companies that have been out there for a while that you know litecoin perhaps wasn't added to before they've all been added we've been able to get those added here in the last year so in 2021 and just piling in those you know people that may have been using those products already and many of them you know they have litecoin too right they just can't have them or they couldn't have them prior to this in those you know in those wallets or those apps but now they're able to and then new users that come in and they're utilizing those products they now get to see litecoin alongside everything else which is which is really good but bitpay bitpay was a really big uh score for us because that's something 
that's been pursued for quite some time and it just happened to work out this year finally and uh we're already number two in payments for them on a monthly basis um from all the cryptos so i don't know if you saw that there's been a, a chart going around and you can go to bitpay.com and find the chart but it shows the uh, the monthly uh, usage per crypto on there. And Bitcoin used to be at around, I think, 70 something, 75% of all payments from BitPay. Uh, and I believe now it's down to about 55%. And Bitcoin went from obviously zero because it's only been there for like probably four months or so. But it went from 0% up to 14 point something percent. It took over second place. Uh, past Dogecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, all of those. And um, it just continues to rise. And I think that's a testament to what many have been saying for years, including myself and anybody else who's been a part of the foundation, is that, you know, this is an awesome payments coin. And it's a great, you know, type of coin to be using for that kind of exchange. And this just really sort of solidifies that. So, awesome. So, um, you know, earlier this year, China was in the news for uh, banning Bitcoin mining, right? And a lot of the Bitcoin miners fled to the U.S. or Kazakhstan or whatever. Um, and you didn't hear that about Litecoin. So what makes the Litecoin um, not a threat to, uh, you know, nations like China um, where people want to use it? And what's the difference in the, in the mining between the, the two? I think it's just interesting that it's not a threat, right? or at least it's perceived as not a threat. So I, I do find that interesting. I, I would think that many times those who, and I have to look, I haven't really looked to see what the Litecoin mining situation in, in China is, but I would think that you still had, whoever was mining Bitcoin, they may have been mining Litecoin too. So maybe some of those inherently just followed suit and left China as well. That's an interesting point. I'd have to look that up. But um, I do I do feel like there's, there's something to be said for not using, it's not as energy intense, although, you know, I mean, Bitcoin tends to propel people towards finding more efficient and cost-effective ways to mine, which is a good thing, right? It's, you're basically incentivized for finding the best, least um, expensive, least energy consuming process in order to mine Bitcoin. So it has that sort of built-in incentive. Litecoin, it's the built-in incentive is that it's more, you know, memory intensive, not not necessarily energy intensive. So um, I think it is interesting because they're so similar. Why wouldn't they have banned that as well? But I just think it really comes back down to Bitcoin seen as the main threat to any type of a fiat currency at this point or CB. Uh, dc plans that a country may have and so that's the one that they're focused on really i mean you do have countries like india where there's they're they're kind of like doing this you know across the board sort of banning of cryptos or at least specific types of people to be able to use or mine crypto right so um it's different everywhere you go but china specifically it is interesting that they really only sort of banned bitcoin and nothing else so, or at least that's how they mentioned it anyway, right? So I, really, I want to find out, you know, other than just the price go up, right? A uh, narrative that all tokens have, right? Um, there are, there, you have a strong community. You have some people who, you know, who receive a lot of FUD about that. Litecoin is nothing, right? I don't mm -hmm. believe that it's nothing. You know, it's great for payments. Um, but what other uses, like, 
Bitcoin has an energy usage, what other uses can can Litecoin bring to the table? Does it um, that we haven't talked about? Well, I think you have some of the standard um, mantras that have been spoken for years. Like it's uh, it's definitely good for when the, the Bitcoin uh, blockchain gets congested during certain periods of time, and the, you know those those uh, transfer times start slowing down and the rates go up and so on and so forth it's it's perfect for that even when that's not happening to bitcoin but it seems like you know that's usually when some people who normally may not use it return to it you have others who use it consistently like it doesn't matter if bitcoin's congested or not it's still cheaper to use litecoin so they'll move it from exchange to exchange on litecoin versus anything else right um and i just i just feel like uh there's always going to be an option. If Bitcoin was literally like, if it was to the point where you didn't have a choice, you had to use Bitcoin. I think that really, I think that really goes against, you know, freedom of money and the option to be able to utilize whatever you feel is the appropriate means of exchange for yourself. So you you should have options. I mean, whether those options get used as much as another one is, is basically irrelevant in my eyes. It's the freedom of being able to choose it. Um, and if you choose not to, that's a freedom too, right? So um, I store my Bitcoin. My Bitcoin is for my children and my children's children, and right? And, and they will definitely have the same with Litecoin. But Litecoin for me also has a dual purpose of being able to be spent for things. Um, just like, you know, gold, gold, people hang on to gold, man. I mean, you don't see people wanting to exchange gold for anything. Right. And, and that's, and that's why a lot of coins ended up being created in silver versus gold later on, because silver still had value to it, but it just wasn't the same value as gold, but it was still valuable. Right. People still hoarded silver. People still hoard silver to this day. So, um, I feel like that, that is a very valid argument for Litecoin to exist. And it, it ends up usually testing out things a lot earlier than Bitcoin does, too. There's less bureaucratic congestion in getting implementations done um, or making decisions on what, what should be implemented. So um, I think that lends itself to be usually a step or so ahead of whatever Bitcoin's doing. And you can see that now as well in, in, in MWeb, so in the Mimblewimble extension blocks, uh, though it's being delayed because uh, they really want to make sure this thing is perfect. I anticipate it probably be out, you know, hopefully first quarter of 2022. But the fact that it's still going to be ahead of anything that Bitcoin's doing, um, even with these delays, is uh, sort of a testament to that, too. Doesn't work. Say again. How's that going to work? Uh, the the MWeb? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's optional, right? So, like, you can, you basically have the option to uh, basically, you know, like, mask your transaction amounts that go from one wallet to another, and it masks the total that's in the wallet. I mean, nobody should really have to know how much you have in your wallet, per se. And if I... Like you and I see each other on the street and I paid for dinner, right? And then you go, hey, let me, let me, you know, give you back 20 bucks or something for dinner. That was, you know, that was a bit too much or whatever. And I take that 20 bucks and it goes from your wallet to my wallet. What's the reason for anybody else to know how much you had in your wallet prior to you giving me $20? And whose business is it that you gave me $20 to pay me for the dinner that we had together, right? 
It's the same thing with MWeb. That's essentially what it does. And you can have that option or you can continue to use it the way it is now, where if, if I know your, your, your Litecoin or your Bitcoin address, I can just go and look at the address and it'll literally show me everything I want to know about your address that's happened there because it's a, it's a blockchain address and it's a public knowledge. So I had an interesting conversation the other day um, with the Binance chain people, right? Mm -hmm. And I had always thought that DeFi was, you know, Ave, synthetics, Ethereum on the Ethereum side, right? What they're doing for DeFi is they're wrapping XRP and they're wrapping Litecoin and they're creating DeFi products. How do you mm -hmm. think those are going to work? Um, like, do I think they're going to be successful or? We're wrapping Litecoin with the. Yeah, I think it's great. I, you know, I mean, we've had internal discussions and what, what would a wrap Litecoin look like and what would the, the purposes behind it be? And, you know, is it even worth doing? Um, and if it is worth doing, how would you deploy something like that? And so the fact that, you know, Binance is the Binance chain is doing that, I think it's great. Uh, there's other similar type things that are out there. There's one called the Flare Network. So you can, they basically do like a tokenized or wrapped uh, Litecoin and I think XRP as well, and maybe, maybe one other one. So, I mean, there are others that are doing it already. Um, and I think that's great because, I mean, if you look at even the market cap, yeah, what is it? Um, wrapped Bitcoin is at like around, I think, four, number 14 or something like that. Wrapped Bitcoin is in the top 20. So that tells you there's, there's I don't know if it's just being traded the same. Because, I mean, the market cap is, is not necessarily indicative of real world usage and value and whatever. It's really just a trading. It's basically you, you get to see how the casino is working, right? um that, that's how i view it and so when people would celebrate these ups and downs on the market cap and kind of, you know really it, it comes down to you know how is it working how many people are using it is there real utility is it growing you know those are the things that are important to me so if rap litecoin is going to help support the ecosystem that it is then i'm all for it and it will and and how how is how is you know Litecoin being other than payments, how are we growing and being used? Um, well, I mean, just because you have that that two tier like the store of value and payments, I think that really is sort of probably if you were to try and give it some kind of a percentage, that's probably 90, 98 percent of whatever it's being utilized for, right? But um, so Omni Omni Light came out a short time ago and it's still kind of being unfolded as we speak but uh, omni light is a um, is a protocol or, or a layer two solution that um, will allow uh, like decentralized um, crowdfunding for projects through litecoin uh, you can create you know some basic some tokens and, and some really basic uh, smart contracts off of that and then nfts are coming right um on litecoin as well and really for that uh, that comes down to trying to find marketplaces that'll add it in to you know uh, their nft stable of whatever it is that they're offering whether it's you know through polygon or ethereum or outgrand or whatever else right so now you get you have more than a few blockchains now that have nfts wax is another one that you know you create nfts on so 
it's it's there's already a competitive field out there for it but i do believe that because of the cheap transactions and creation fees for that it's it's going to be once it once it gets into a few of these marketplaces like maybe OpenSea or whatever else um it'll be it'll be noticed and it'll be used and so uh, I think that will help grow some of the other uses for it, like creating some tokens on a layer two, like OmniLight, doing some, you know, decentralized crowdfunding for a project or whatever. All of those things start coming. It'll be slow, but it'll come. And so I think um, that'll start chewing into some of the value proposition besides just storing it and using it for a means of exchange, but it'll take some time. It's already being used for NFTs, you said. Uh, not yet, but it's going to be. Yeah, they're it's it it's basically ready to do that. They just haven't deployed that capability yet, is my understanding. So, got it. Okay, so um, I'm going to come back to uh, my first question, and that was what was the next Litecoin summit? <laughs> Should have been in like October, November, but with all the COVID stuff, it was just it seemed more pertinent to to wait. So I think. Last time I talked to some of the guys, I think it was gearing more towards around like an April, Mayish type of feel. And and once again, that's really all dependent on um, what you know the world landscape looks like and how things are being taken care of. And so, I mean, it could be we could wait till the one we usually have it, which is the next you know September, October, November timeframe, if things keep going the way they go. But man, I tell you, we were we were stoked and ready for that one because that was the 10 year anniversary summit that we were going to have. And I mean, that was going to be that was going to be fun. So we'll see how this next one goes. Um, you know, we usually draw somewhere around 500 or so people, which isn't like, you know, large, but it's they're dedicated people that are coming. It's not like someone just goes, oh, I think I'm just going to go to the Litecoin Summit and see what this is all about. Uh, not really know anything about it. These are people that like are fans, um, diehard fans who want to know what's going on, and um, it it grows every year. So I would anticipate, you know, with this space or this gap between the last one and the next one that we have, um, you probably have a lot of excited people that want to go to it. So because I saw, I've I've seen, you know, early on in my Twitter days, there was a strong Litecoin community. And right now it's been, it seems to be a little bit dissipated. Either that or everybody blocked me. Um, I just wanted, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get your, your pulse on, on, on you know, uh, the excitement or enthusiasm, um, the dedication that exists right now in the community. I think what you have right now is you've had a, a condensing of um, people who are just excited about price and people who are excited about the blockchain right and so um it's interesting because obviously a lot of other blockchains have, as far as you look at, at investment um all-time highs and things like that i mean we just barely like poked at the last all-time high and just went right back down again right so and you have others like ethereum who have gone just nuts and i think that they're already done 3x from the last all-time highs. i can't remember something like that of course, Bitcoin Bitcoin's already done at least a three x from its from its all time high of the seventeen run. Um, so excitement stays with those better than uh, a very steady, reliable 
you know, blockchain that just, for whatever reason, I swear there's a lot of short, there's got to be a lot of shorting or something going on because the usage and the utility has grown exponentially. I mean, it's, we're, we're looking at either the same numbers as the last bull run peak or higher, right? And so it just, it just doesn't equal out to what the price is. And so that's why I, I don't get excited about price because to me, the price is going to end up being whatever it's going to be. And at some point it has to catch up to whatever the utility is. It has to, you can only hold something down so long. Right. And so when that does happen, then all of a sudden you're going to see a whole bunch of people excited about Litecoin again, that maybe didn't give a crap anymore or gave up on it. Or, you know, maybe that's just still part of their, their um, portfolio, but they concentrate and talk more on Twitter and social media about other projects. Right. Litecoin's just become this thing that sort of sits in their wallet. And yeah, you know, I'll be more excited about that whenever that time comes. But for right now, I'm really excited about this and this. So that's kind of how I see it. I'm gonna put out I'm gonna put a prediction date out there and say August 2023. What? That's the next tabbing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, July or August of 2023. Yeah, somewhere in there. So you might see a run up of enthusiasm headed into that. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at the at the charts for like um, the the hash rate and you know other things, those all peaked in July of 2019, which was the last having, um, and then it went back down again. And so I think you'll see a lot of interest as the having comes because that's a big deal for Bitcoin, Litecoin, anything where it has that that scheduled um, inflation decrease. And so <clears throat> I, I think you'll get some interest there in 2023, but it's it's really interesting to me um, how this cycle is a little different than any any other. And so, I've people have asked me this over the last year. Or so, what what I thought about is there a super cycle? Do we end up seeing the highs in December again? What do you think is going to happen? Maybe it peters out early. And I'm kind of like, when you start bringing in. Uh, when you start bringing in things like institutions and large companies and sovereign states and all these other people who weren't necessarily involved in the last run-up or, la or cycles prior to this, there's you cannot, you cannot say that the cycle is going to mirror any other cycle because everything that you're putting into that is different, right? And it's like when you have when you experiment with something, you have a control group and you have the group that you actually are testing with whatever it is that you're testing on, right? As soon as you change one thing within that testing parameter, your your results are going to not mirror whatever they were before, right? So um, what we've done is we've basically taken, you know, like an experiment and now created a brand new cocktail of different things and you're expecting the same result. It just doesn't happen, right? So are we in a super cycle? I don't know. Are we in like the end days of the of the bull run here and we have like some massive pump in the next few weeks? I don't know, but I will tell you this, uh, whatever it is, it will be different than before. And maybe, I mean, I just looked this morning, Litecoin's down like 40 something percent in the last 30 days. Bitcoin's down 30% in the last 30 days. Does that sound like a bull run to you? Right. So are we in the bear market? I don't even know if we're necessarily in a bear market. I think we're in a completely different cycle. Like we're changing cycles. It's like 
going from uh, an adolescent to a pubescent person, right? So there's like this in between, this very uncomfortable in between area. And that's sort of, I think maybe we're in that. And from this point on, we're in some kind of a different cycle that really starts normalizing the ups and downs. That doesn't take away the volatility per se, but it almost sort of normalizes it more to where you don't have this four year like roller coaster thing, right? And that's really, that's, that's where my head is at. My head is one place. And that is anytime you call yourself, somebody calls themselves an expert, they're, they're, no, they're no longer an expert. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have to agree with that. I mean, especially in this space, if you say you're an expert or you're putting out expert advice on something, most likely you're probably regurgitating something you, you heard from somebody else who said they were an expert, right? And how many people are literally coming up with their own, their, their own information, new information nobody's ever heard before or seen or thought of or compiled or, I mean, not too many people, right? It's really literally, social media is just like this regurgitation echo chamber and people are just feeding off each other. And you have these superstars that have come out of the woodwork that you're like, I don't even know who the hell you are. Where did you come from? And now you're an expert. And it's like, I don't know. It's just really a strange place in some way right now. And um, so that's why I just, I, I stopped listening and hearing or watching a lot of things and really concentrating on substantive, you know, podcasts or streams. And so it's really narrowed down what I listen to and watch. And it's really helped me a lot to just, it's almost like a detox. <laughs> no way. So, yeah. That's one thing I do offer. And, and that's substantive podcast with founders yes. and entrepreneurs and thought leaders. And I'm like, I'm constantly, my mind's constantly blown away, you know, every time I talk to somebody new. So, uh, and even you a second time, this is great. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I want to, I want to thank you very much uh, again for your time today. Uh, it's great catching up. Um, when like when does come around, I want to be a moderator on one of your panels if I can. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. And, and uh, how can people find out more information about you, about what you do, about Get Hedge, about like what does Yeah, sure. So for Get Hedge uh, or for Hedge, it's um, gethedge.io, right? So you can go there and learn about it, and then it'll take you to a sign up uh, page. Um, it's also at Get Hedge Crypto um, on Twitter, right? So at Get Hedge Crypto. Uh, myself, I'm at uh, Daddy Cool1991 on Twitter. And um, I do some on LinkedIn, but I'm really just sort of concentrating on the business right now and trying to help out on some projects with Litecoin. So uh, I've been like decreasing my 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 social media time, which has been nice, too. But um, uh, if you ever want to just see what I'm up to, I'll post some stats here and there about Litecoin. And that's really like uh, one of my main contributing factors right now when I'm out there on social media. So if you want to just see some cool facts uh about litecoin or sometimes just uh, other coins like bitcoin just you know check me out but other than that i'm really sort of pushing the um pushing the envelope for litecoin in general mainstream areas right now so thank you very much for time today yeah, thanks jamil i appreciate it Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook. 
facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.